0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles Podcast, a show dedicated to the crazy world of mixed martial arts. Join your hosts, Laurel, Ty, and Jordan, as they break down all the latest and biggest news and bouts. This is the one podcast that will never let the fight go to the judges. Live from your favorite podcast listening device, it's
1: Hey, FKTC crew, we are back with another episode of the Front Kicks and Throw Kettles podcast. This episode is brought to you by Keeping Up with Max Holloway. Because having solved everyone but Alexander Volkanovsky, um... Max beating all these contenders could be bad for the featherweight division. What are we thinking about that?
2: <laughs> Max Holloway just doing what Volkanovski is doing, which is not good for the division because there's technically two champs. So <laughs> look at that.
1: Yeah, I think there was like a... There's something I saw. Um, I'm not sure if it was Twitter or something. But someone said, like, "Oh, the featherweight division is the division where you have to beat two final bosses to become the champion."
2: I mean, that is a very true statement. Mm-hmm.
3: And who's gonna do it?
2: Um, so far, no one has been able to complete. No step up to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: We'll just we'll just have to have like a, uh, instead of a a three three fight trilogy we'll have to have like a pentology penta penta something
2: nailed it, nailed <laughs> it.
3: yeah we'll, we'll go pentology pentology
2: psychology let's go
3: because no one's going to beat those guys i mean i really thought that arnold allen had a chance but
2: i think there is someone in the wings you know waiting think he might be Ilya Teporia might might
0: that's Mm -hmm. not yeah and he's supposed to face uh Josh
2: Emmett coming up this summer Mm -hmm. where where in Jacksonville Jacksonville. there you go there you go (laughs) oh geez right here in Jacksonville right
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah I think it's like the June 24th card if I'm not mistaken
3: yep insanity
1: So Featherweight division is going to be moving around quite a bit these
0: next couple months. And we're going to get some good, good fights. Yes, we are.
1: But we welcome you back. It is Laurel. It is Ty. It is Jordan. And we're just here to cover the fights and talk some random-ish on people. Sorry, I just came up with that completely randomly, so (laughs) I got to come up with Yeah, because I'm going to have a couple things to say, but more towards the end. Um, But, of course, we have to recap UFC Kansas City. Um, Then we have UFC Vegas 71. So for the next two fight cards, they're going to be at the apex, we just found out. So, Uh, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then we have like one brief MMA topic along with a couple of fight announcements that came by. So with that all being said, who's ready to recap UFC, Kansas City, home of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs?
3: Yeah, Why did you have to do that? I know. What's
1: going, what's going on here?
3: I yeah. Is, is this a Chiefs <laughs> podcast?
1: Mm-mm. Why do you think I went there? I
2: mean,
1: um, you brought it up. I know.
3: Yeah, why would you say such a thing?
1: Oh, he threw his hat at me. Oh my goodness!
3: I feel like you should be banished from this podcast for at least an episode. Okay, bye bye. Not, not this episode, but.
1: <laughs> well then, I'll hide my face in shame until then.
2: Jeez, starting you're off. Gonna
3: the- be hiding, you're going to be hiding your face in shame when you get my T-shirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'll wear it for
1: the podcast because i made that comment how's that sound <laughs> you better yes. yeah that'll be that'll be my punishment
3: jordan got a sneak peek at my artwork
1: oh. oh boy <laughs> oh this will be interesting uh anyways ufc kansas city um are we grading this card eh, fucking shit <laughs> <You
3: must. laughs> well that sounds like an f it's it's barely a C plus. Oh man! You know I'm so disappointed in some of the fights. Now yeah, I can understand.
2: Now I got to regrade mine. I mean, if Laurel's <laughs> on a C or a C minus, I'll go with the C too. I'll go the same thing.
3: I'm not gonna,
2: <laughs> I'm not gonna piss off Laurel. <laughs>
3: It's 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 uh, pretty impossible that it takes a lot to make me mad.
1: <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a B minus. The only reason I'm giving it a B minus is because Julian Robinson took away an undefeated record. And that made me happy as a Julian Robinson fan.
2: That's acceptable. Acceptable answer.
3: Acceptable the only thing that saved this main card fight card for me was the Holloway Allen fight and other than that
0: that and I, I think like the um
1: Barboza Quarantino fight the knockout was actually really cool mm. not, I mean, not cool as in like spectacular Jorge Macedo flying knee knockout but you like that yeah no no knockout it's gonna
3: beat that don't uh, be tempted to redeem yourself by saying kansas city chiefs on this podcast
2: <laughs> i mean yeah he's trying to win me over by saying yeah that.
3: he's trying to win you <laughs> look
2: at this yeah never mind never mind <laughs> i wasn't trying to win over anybody good catch laurel good catch thanks
1: <laughs> all right i see how this podcast is gonna be Anyways. Um, let's start with Rafa Garcia defeating Clay Guida via unanimous decision, and the fact that Guida fake retired, which was a little confusing.
2: I mean, I I was I couldn't have been more wrong about this fight, and I had to write about it, verdict and predict it. That's the worst part, <laughs> and I had to come out, come up with all these points on how you know Guida is gonna win of his experience and they're both grapplers and he just gets 30 27
3: i should have followed my heart and never picked clay guida every time i pick clay guida he loses every time i don't pick him he wins he's so inconsistent i think the next fight that he has because we all know he fake retired (laughs) We should just start picking him to lo- to win, and then he'll lose. Hmm. Like I'm going to on my on my sheet, I'm going to not I'm going to say him, but not circle his name. Because <laughs> right. never know what Clay Guida we we're getting. That's true. And this was the shitty Clay Guida. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely wasn't a good look for him on that part, especially with how Garcia was able to control the fight for pretty much, I would say, probably a good 12 of the 15 minutes of the entire fight he was pretty much being controlled, which is not Clay Guida-like at all.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Clay Guida prepares for fights like a two-year-old. <laughs> Like whatever the day is, he's just gonna decide how he's gonna fight it. <laughs> fight that day. No game plan, doesn't follow a game plan. Trash. I
0: was gonna wonder like how old is Like
1: he's gonna be I mean, he's got like fifty plus fights in his on his resume. So you gotta think that it's almost time for him to
0: he's hang over it up. Anyway,
1: yeah, I would think he's over forty uh i'm probably gonna say i'm probably gonna go on a limb and say maybe 43
3: i think is what they said damn i mean not that that's uh, old but it's older. yeah <laughs> almost
1: he's 41 oh yeah dude I'm looking like at a you... two-year-old well okay so here laurel here here's something for you He's alternated his wins and losses since 20, 2020, really. Um, he lost two in a row to Jim Miller and Bobby Green, then won, then lost, one lost, one lost. Yes. So maybe his next fight, he wins.
3: No, maybe, maybe he doesn't fight next. <laughs> or maybe he fights the prelim card. With that kind of performance, you're going back to the early prelims. Oof rough and you can sit there and spin
0: so sure spin
1: but we got some like we to hate going on here some hustle. I just I'm sick of it. I, I don't blame you. I'm sick of the inconsistency with this guy. Yeah, inconsistency can be a really bad thing in the UFC.
0: Yes.
1: Um Seeing as how we've already pissed off Laurel more enough, <laughs> let's get right to Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez, which Munoz looked really good. Wow,
2: I was impressed. Mm. Uh, another fight I was I was completely wrong about, and I was afraid Pedro Munoz was going to get it done because comes from American Top Team, great team over there, great coaches. And I knew he had Mike Brown in his corner and I just thought he might get it done, but Gutierrez is a, is a better fighter, but Munoz just, uh, he proved me right, but wrong at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Go
1: ahead, Laurel. Sorry.
3: I have nothing to say. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um I think Gutierrez was just ran into Moonhouse and he just, I think Moonhouse was just the better prepared fighter that night. Nothing against Gutierrez. I mean, it was between two guys who are pretty much could be in the conversation for that Vantamweight title within a year and a half, maybe two years, depending on how active they are. But it just was a, good way for Munoz to come back especially after he well he had suffered a no contest against Sean O'Malley but before then he had lost two fights in a row Mm -hmm. granted they were against Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz um but still like to let the fight fans know that he's here to stay Mm -hmm. I mean, and then it was pretty even as far as like the almost even as the strikes were concerned, but it was definitely Munoz controlling it with the grappling and the, because I I don't think Gutierrez was ready for, I think he was prepared for a strikers battle. I don't think he was prepared for Munoz to grapple Mm -hmm. him up against the cage and go to the ground as
0: well.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. just Gutierrez was not ready for, you know, a Munoz type fighter yet. It mm-hmm. Was just, you know, hesitant on stuff. Only one shot at a time. Not putting combinations together. You know, no right. all has to do with like, nerves and
3: yeah,
0: yep. Um, all right.
1: So Laura, I'm letting you cover this next fight because I'm thoroughly disappointed in Tanner Bowser.
0: Bowser.
3: You know, all I was gonna say is that Kudalaba won and Bowser lost.
0: <laughs> man
3: i thought i thought
1: tanner Bowser had a better chin than that
0: no, when he, he just got
1: flat line like that I was like oh like he just kept taking hit after hit and like oh my gosh like this and he couldn't really fight back like i think he like, only threw like five strikes
3: the entire fight I'm like dude what are you doing that that's kind of his shtick though right
0: mm-hmm yep.
2: I will say that I did not agree with the stoppage. I thought Tanner was on his way up and he just stopped it. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was Keith Peterson. So I'm not surprised. Cigarettes <laughs> so and whiskey. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just, I, I don't think it was a good stoppage. He he, he didn't give Tanner a chance to I mean, he was getting back up. It's not like he was still getting pounded. Mm-hmm. He was getting pounded going up, but it's, he's getting up. He's not going down. So, right. I, I just think it was a bad stoppage. Yeah.
3: Still though, the strat, stats for that only thirty significant strikes to five.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: One takedown. I mean.
0: Yeah, it's 5% not like
3: five percent of the that. total strikes were were significant mm-hmm 75 it's pretty good yep yeah i
1: think it's because there was i feel it was a lot more like moving around on the feet instead of like actual like engagement for at least a good amount of time um but yeah i also kind of wonder if because this was um tanner Bowser's first fight probably in a while or maybe his first fight ever at 205 so i wonder if the I, I won't put any excuse towards anything, but I wonder if it's just him trying to get used to, because I'm pretty sure like if this were a heavyweight fight, he'd be able to absorb those strikes a little bit better. But now that he's, oh gosh, maybe 40 some pounds lighter, maybe the punches
2: impact him a little bit more. Well, just to, you know, wrap this fight up, he, he did a, uh... I had two once, but it's been a decade since mm. he's fought at light heavyweight. So there has been, you know, some change oh in yeah. that decade. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Makes Bowser Bozer took a hundred percent of the hits to his head. Yep.
1: Yikes. Only that, that's awesome. not a win-
3: winning formula.
1: Mm-mm, not at all. it. Oh yeah ate it. All right, no, there's a song to that, but I can't remember it. Um, moving along, um, Asmat Marissa Konoff, I think I'm saying that right, defeating Justin Jacoby. Um, what a boring fight. That Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It wasn't that interesting at all. I was looking forward
3: to that fight, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was Dustin Jacoby's last fight, as well, that he just disappointed me, too. Like, I think these, are like, back-to-back performances from Dustin Jacoby that I haven't been impressed by.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. Uh, I don't know if it was him or if I'm misremembering, but, I mean, it's just – maybe it was just, like, another kickboxer like Dustin Jacoby, but it, it reminded me a lot, like, the other fight that I'm trying to think about. But, yeah, Dustin Jacoby just, uh, just kind of pissed me off, to be honest. Yeah. He,
3: he threw so many strikes, too. Yeah. But it just was stinking short. It,
2: it was a uh, cheating and jikawani, the one I'm remembering. Um, yeah. Oh, geez, that one! Two just, I mean, just disappointed fighters that <laughs> did not show up to fight. Yeah,
1: mm. lame. Yeah, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it the fact that I didn't really pay much attention because by the time the f- like the first three, four minutes of this fight started, I was like, oh gosh, it's going to be one of these fights, isn't it?
2: Yep. Yep. So, but the next fight was good.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, it was. Uh, Edson Barboza winning, defeating Billy Quarantillo via a knockout, a knee, and it was just a perfectly timed knee that just made it all the, all so good.
2: Barboza at featherweight is really good. I mean, he just had one bad fight against Bryce Mitchell. It was a bad matchup stylistically. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you pair him up with the right people at featherweight, I mean, I don't know if it's too crazy to say, but I would like to see him versus Max Holloway in a featherweight fight. I mean, that, that would, would be brawl. That would be amazing. Yeah. So I would like that. I would, I would rather much see that than Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie.
3: Mm-hmm, Yeah. I agreed. Every time Edson Barbosa steps into the octagon, I just think that guy is so fucking stacked. Like <laughs> he's like solid muscle, no body fat. He always just looks in top condition. He's so impressive.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh yeah.
1: <clears throat> um,
3: I'm allowed to say that as the woman of the podcast. <laughs>
1: No judgment, <laughs> no you, judgment. Th- th- this is our this is our podcast you can say whatever you want <laughs> um but it was just so interesting because of how Cortel looked like he was trying to go for like grab like go for like that takedown and I don't know if Barbosa just sensed it or if that's what he's planning to throw along but the knee just connected to the head and he just was flat on his face
0: like oh my goodness that was impressive Mm -hmm. vintage barboza oh yeah and
1: now we get to the main event of the evening Um, all the way (laughs) defeating arnold allen via decision now before I think before you came on, Laurel, Jordan had something interesting on how two big media members scored this fight.
2: Really? Yeah, so Ariel Hawaney and Brian Campbell. Ariel Hawani, obviously, everyone knows him. And Brian Campbell is the co-host of Morning Combat with Luke Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both scored it for Arnold Allen, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I have not re-watched the fight, but watching it live, I thought it was 49-46 max. Mm-hmm. So, Laurel, I would like to hear your scorecards if you have one.
3: Well, I don't do scorecards because I cannot focus on two things at once.
2: Okay. Because
3: right. I'm a squirrel. But mm-hmm. there is, um, there is no way Arnold Allen won that fight. I mean... He, score didn't card, like he didn't do enough. Yeah. He didn't do, he didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very, I felt, one dimensional the whole whole fight. He didn't mm-hmm. target the the body like I think you have to on, on those um on, on those featherweight bouts. Um mm-hmm. I don't think that he threw a large number of combinations. I think he let himself get hit too much. I mean, clearly. Yeah. But yeah. he just lost all sense of what I thought who he was. He's, he's had better performances.
2: I mean, to your point, Laurel, Arnold Allen by target only twenty three percent to the body, thirteen percent to the legs. The rest were the head. Yep. Over sixty three percent for Max. Fifty two percent to the head, twenty eight body, nineteen legs. So he was hitting all three phases, all three levels.
3: Yeah, and uh, and on a on a featherweight, we all know featherweights are. Seems like I don't want to say all, but they're they're more. Boxer oriented, right? But the lack of body fat on feather leg featherweights makes targeting the body better because it's it hurts more. It's it's more injurious than say, for instance, a heavy, heavyweight that's packing pounds around there. So I think you just gotta spread it out. Mm-hmm. Cause featherweights can take punches. But the body injury makes things interesting.
1: Mm. Remember a time specifically when Aldo hit Stevens near the liver, and he just completely crumbled. So I can understand why. Or was that? Yeah, that wasn't for the weight. So that was go go for the body when you're a lighter weight. Get winded very easily that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. And I was talking to Jordan about this. I actually scored, for some reason, I scored at 48-47 for Holloway. But looking back, I probably would have gone 49-46 Holloway. I'm not sure. The second round was the one where I was like, okay, I think Arnold Allen won that one. And I had to rewatch the fifth round to see why I gave Arnold Allen the fifth round, especially when the strikes were not overwhelmingly in favor of Holloway, but he had a pretty good lead on that one and he clearly won the striking in total and so all in all I just have to say that Max Holloway just like we said earlier you're gonna have to beat pretty much two champions to get to the top at featherweight Mm
2: -hmm. and the 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 majority of the scorecards on verdict was actually 48-47 Holloway so Mm -hmm. It was uh kind of interesting how people score the
0: fight.
1: Yeah. So Laurel should join Verdict and try to score fights.
0: No,
3: I don't think so. Here's how I score fights. Oh, I think Max won that round. Oh, Arnold won that round. (laughs) That's pretty much what it is. That's what it is on Verdict. But I cannot count strikes. I don't even know. I don't know. All you do is just like pick a
1: winner, and then like like what I
3: do on the podcast, I just pick a winner. (laughs) That's it.
1: Yeah,
3: pretty much. Yeah, you can do that. (laughs) Oh shoot!
1: We'll have to get her into the verdicts community, Jordan.
2: Yep. One day.
3: One One day. day.
1: One day. But that does cover UFC Kansas City. And Laurel, would you, Jordan? I think this is the time where you have to hide
3: behind the hat because Laurel's going to read off the standings. You you jumped three though, so um, I'm at twenty one twenty two. Jordan is at seventeen twenty six, and Ty is at twenty two twenty two.
1: Yeah,
0: wait, I'm wait, I'm leading right now, just by one. I'll take it (laughs) (laughs) but we do have a new what's that
2: no
1: words (laughs) well we do have another card we've got quite a few from now until memorial day really so plenty of time to catch up
3: hey this is a difficult card
1: oh without a question this one was probably the more difficult ones I've had to pick all year long um so our first fight is so let me just ask you two before i go on you had five fights on this main card or six because i only saw five i have five
0: okay
2: i have five all right so
1: we're in the right space so the first one is jeremiah wells matthew selmonsberg oh
3: son of a bitch
1: this one was like a this one, I was looking at the odds for this one. It's the straight pick'em. Like you I guess you can't really go wrong. I feel like it could probably change before the fight. But this one, this first one right off the bat was so hard to predict because there's so many ways that this fight could go. Um
3: first of all, we got a bunch of fucking savages right there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, if you even look at Selma's Semmelsberger, is that how it is? Sem- yeah. His, his, his knockouts are insanity. Mm-hmm. Just his knockout reels. Yeah. And Wells is no slouch.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Yes, this one's definitely, I'll, I'll give a point to the matchmakers for this one, because this one was a really good one. Um, I feel like this one was just one where I just put two pictures on the dartboard and threw it, and whoever it landed on, I was going to go with that. So in my imaginary dartboard scenario, the dart landed on Jeremiah Wells, so I'm going to pick him to win.
3: I also pick Jeremiah Wells to win. I think both of these fighters have incredible um, knockout power, and I think Semmelsberger has some crazy accuracy in his strikes. However, what does it for me <clears throat> is the fact that Wells is really good at the ground and pound in his jujitsu. He is a crazy strong. Dude, if if you watch any of his jujitsu film, he's hanging onto one hand or one one wrist with one arm and laying his body over a guy and completely dominating with the strikes and everything. And and then his uh, takedown defense is is legit. So I just think that he, if he can get this on the ground, he has a really good opportunity to win. Um, Both guys have great, uh, great uh, power in their punches. Um, I like, I I like Wells's defense just a little bit better as, as far as um, taking punches or avoiding punches, I guess. So I'm, I'm picking Wells to win as well.
2: Well, I wish we had different answers, but we'll be going with Wells as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lowell made a good point at the end. His his defense is better. Um, Mm. so And that's the main reason why I'm picking him. He gets hit a lot less than uh, Matthew. So I'll be taking Wells as well.
0: All right.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Laurel, you take this one because we have a
3: female fight on a main card yes indeed um i this this lucindo i don't know that this lucindo uh walker fights just going to be that interesting for me um i'm i'm very concerned about lucindo's accuracy she gets in there she's she throws a um a left and then a right hook and it's just the same two punches her entire fight uh oftentimes looping punches but she's fast she lands a lot but I don't know that a lot of them are what I would consider very significant Uh, Brogan Walker however um, we saw her uh under the Pena versus Nunez uh fighter fighting championship uh, she has great takedown she's got good use of her leg kicks and her knees and i just love her right cross. cross i think that she um you know both fighters have lost their last fight but i think that she w- is 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 a contender and is likely going to win this fight
0: Oh, Bergen walker you're going with mm-hmm okay um, yeah. <laughs> um I think Brogan
1: Walker, she finished as the runner up for the for the not the I think it was the last tough season, but she lost to um Juliana Miller in mm-hmm. the final.
0: That's what, yeah. So is this oh uh, so yeah, she's fought before. Oh um
1: yeah, uh looking at this fight. Um Yasmin Lucinado I see I'm gonna butcher that beyond anything. How did you say it, Laurel? I said Lucindo. Lucindo, okay.
3: Well about that. She doesn't have an A between the N and D.
1: Yeah. Lucinda. Um the one thing about Lucindo is while I agree, like there's like those one, two where it's like a looping punch when she hits she hits pretty hard from what i've seen in her couple fights um brogan walker um my only question for her is how will she do with the striking defense because as you said like she does well like with their takedowns if she can bring this to the ground then i'd i'll give her a chance here but i think with I think Lucindo is gonna try to keep this fight standing. And I th- like like you said, I don't think this fight's gonna be the most entertaining. But then of course, when I I feel like whenever someone says it's not gonna be entertaining, it ends up being like some wild knockout or some crazy submission. Um, I'm not thinking it's gonna be a finish because I think Walker is gonna try to play defensively, try to play safe. I think Lucinda might try to do the same as well because she knows the takedowns. I don't think this is going to be a fight where fans are booing and doing the wave and all that, like lighting up. Well, actually, there's not going to be any fans anyways because it's the Apex. Um, But with all that said, I think due to her striking ability, yeah, that light flicker thing. Um, I'm going to go Lucindo here for this one.
2: I knew you would. I mean, Ty, (laughs) you were just hyping up Walker. Come on. (laughs) I don't feel like I was hyping up that much. Well, I mean, I will be siding with Ty here, so we'll have plus one on Laurel. Um, (laughs) So I am actually very... I don't want to say excited, but I'm looking forward to this fight because Lucindo was... The one that lost to Yasmin, who I think is the future flyweight champ. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember her, but she's mm-hmm. a very yep. good Mexican boxer. Uh, she's the future. And uh, that was a very good fight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think she gets it done. and I think she knocks her out.
1: Interesting. Oh, you know, I do remember that fight because I think they announced that fight as yasmin versus asmin i think that's how you pronounce her for Lucindo's first name
2: and that first fight was a banger
1: that was a banger i do remember that one they both it was the one where they both were making their ufc debuts
0: yep so there we go Plus um, <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right so next we have bobby green versus jared gordon so jordan why don't you start this one
2: off Jeez, I mean, what a fight to pick. Um, I'll just say how it is. Jared Gordon is coming off a win against Patty Pimblett, and uh, Bobby Green. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but he is the betting favorite, and the favorite has won in each of his last five fights. So, when he is supposed to win, he wins, and when he's supposed to lose, he loses. Um. What favors with me picking Bobby Green, because I am picking Bobby Green, is that Jaron Gordon does go to the distance a lot. He goes all three rounds. He's gone three rounds, five of his last six fights. And Bobby Green is a pressure fighter and a volume fighter. So then that kind of plays well into his game. So I would like uh, Bobby Green to get back into the win column. After uh, two finishes from Drew Dober and Islam. And I think he gets it done. All right. Go ahead, Laurel.
3: I am picking Bobby Green. I think I always pick Bobby Green. I think he's a great (laughs) fighter.
1: That moment where she realizes what happened.
3: What? What? You didn't see what he did earlier before he did t- the, the sighing. I know. He's he just wants me to pick opposite of him <laughs> so I lose. Are <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: you sure you don't want to pick Jared Gordon? He's coming I'm Pretty He's sure I'm
3: not picking Jared <laughs>
2: Gordon. <laughs> Whatever you say.
3: Yeah, I I agree though. I think if this I if this fight can't go to decision i think that bobby green has to uh pull a a knockout or a submission out of his butt because if if you look at the decisions they're they're equal in their stats Mm -hmm. when when it goes to decision but we'll see
0: ignoring
1: my dog's barking in the background um I'm sorry to disappoint you, Jordan, but I'm also going Bobby Green.
3: <laughs> What's going on
0: here?
3: <laughs> this is where Ty and I just pick all your fighters so that we don't lose. Jeez. <laughs> it's how we keep you in the last column. <laughs> poor, poor Jordan. <laughs> Kidding, Jordan. Um, I'll probably pick the opposite one on the next fight.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, we have our coming event, which is between Brad
2: Tavares and Bruno Silva. Well, Laura wants to start it first because she wants to, <laughs> to pick, so go ahead.
3: I'm picking Bruno Silva to win. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I think that he has he has a lot of power. I think that uh, the only thing that could change that is if he if he gets taken down and, and something crazy happens, but, but overall, I think that he, um it, I just think he's, he's better than Brad Tavares, but there, there's not much that separates them in, in the, in the stats column. I just think that Bruno Silva has, has a little bit better resume and, and has done well. Mm.
2: Well, I will be picking Brad Tavares, so that's another <laughs> plus one. So I'm up to plus two now. Um,
3: look at you counting wins before you're you've won.
2: <laughs> yep, there you won. That's how that's how it works. Um, so I do think style makes fights. Uh, Brad Tavares, I know he lost against Duplessis his last fight, but he did look good. Um, it was a back and forth fight. I think they won fight of the night too. So, um, he's become more active now. Hopefully he becomes more active. Um, what what I mean by style makes fights. Brad Tavares it has won five of his last six against orthodox uh, opponents, so I think that's going to play in his favor, and uh, I think he gets the win. Plus two.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'm just looking up some things real quick. Um. Wow, Ty, you're going Bruno Silva? Wow. You
3: actually you actually are correct.
2: I am gonna go Bruno Silva for this one.
3: <laughs> Usually though, when Ty and I pick the same, we win. So no, no,
1: no, no. not this week. <laughs> um even though Silva's kind of like fallen on a little tough times, I when it comes to Brad Tavares seeing his fights, I yeah it's really hard for me to pick for him just because he's like with when Laurel said about Clay Guida earlier to me Tavares can be so inconsistent at times whereas he's like either on very high ground and then he just sinks down low and when it comes when I come to pick sometimes unless I'm very sure I just can't go someone that's very inconsistent yes so was lost two in a row but I was just looking like the two that he the two guys that he lost to one of them was the former middleweight champion in Alex Perea mm-hmm. and then the other one I can't remember who the other one was it was Gerald
3: Mishart
1: oh gosh that makes <laughs> no I'm not getting too many to pick but like oh like he lost to Oh. with a
3: guillotine
1: yeah that that that's rough that's rough um I think he, I think, I think Bruno Silva writes the ship this time around. I think he gets the
0: win.
2: Good. Um, I'm,
3: if Harris can get him on the ground, he'll win 75% of his submission losses or losses are submission.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Silva is, uh, does have a thing on losing when it comes to the submission. So, but wait. when you
3: look at Brad Tavares's um, grappling, it's not that great.
1: <laughs> I'm drunk, like, I'm gonna prove you all wrong on Saturday. <laughs> yep. Can't wait.
3: This, this fight's probably gonna go to decision. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: I, I have it going to decision as well.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, that's I don't think this. Fight. I don't think this main event's going to decision though. Nope. What's that? I don't think this main event's gonna go to decision though.
3: Holy shit! I can't even think about this main event. <laughs> yes. I watch so much film, and I'm still confused. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm uh, hoping I can get a plus three. I'm hoping.
3: <laughs> That's why you're going first.
2: <laughs> oh, come on. You're, just, you're just gonna pick the same fighter I'm gonna pick.
3: <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <sighs>
2: all right well oh
3: shit i don't know See, am i supposed to go first
2: you're, you're gonna pick the fighter that i'm gonna mm-hmm. pick so
3: um i
1: can go first actually for this one um sure. uh, yeah.
0: yeah
1: um so sergey pavlovich um i remember he was the one that was supposed to be he was um the backup for jones versus gone so that kind okay. of shows you where he is as far as the heavyweight title picture is concerned. Um, Curtis Blades has been so badly been looking for that one fight that can give him that title shot. And just for some reason, he's been unable to get it. No matter how good he looks, especially with his ground and pound on Alistair Overeem. His, I mean, I think he got set back a little bit when he got knocked out by Derek Lewis a couple years back um that was but, a bad knockout though that was a bad knockout for sure it was yeah. a bad knockout. um so let me see looking at Curtis's well he's actually won three in a row he's beaten Rosenstruck Chris Dawkins, and he beat Tom well Tom Aspinall that was a freak injury
0: yeah. kind
1: <laughs> of thing so and he's won four of his last five so I think one more win for Curtis Blades could give him the I think if Blades wins his next fight, he'll probably get the winner of um, Stipe and Jones um, without question. And then um, he'll lose. If if it's Sean Jones, he probably will lose.
3: Yeah. Um, but he has to win this fight.
1: Yeah, he does have to win this fight, and it doesn't come any easy. It, it doesn't come any more difficult than going up against Sergey Pavlovich, who. Oh, okay. Um, so, Palovich's only loss so far has been to Alistair Overing back in 2018. Since then, he's strung together five straight wins, including Marcelo Golem, Maurice Green, Shamil Ab- Abder... Abderakamon. Yeah, thank you. And then he's beaten Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa. Um
3: in the first round all in the, fir- in the first round
1: yep all of his win all of his winning streaks he has not gotten out of the first round in this five fight winning streak mm-hmm. um and actually he's he's never been out of the first round actually all of his ufc victories have been all of his ufc fights have gone have not gone past the first round sorry i was trying to think of my thoughts in the meantime um or wait, I'm sorry, his first fight against Alistair Overeem did get, it was a loss, but it, yeah, it was the first round. So with all that, um, so Palovich is going to be tricky, but I think if there's anyone that could match up well with him, probably is Curtis Blades, because he's one of those heavyweights that doesn't just rely on his striking, he also relies on his wrestling. And the wrestling part of it has been what's really helped him come along and get this um, winning streak going and Jordan I think you just put something you messaged us that the winner gets something very spectacular
2: yes uh, they do Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, if you can yeah I mean I would just say the winner of this has been, been promised the title shot so um, and I think if fans can connect the dots, I I mean, you can honestly tell that, you know, since Pavlovich waited in as the backup fighter, you mm-hmm. know, he is next in line, especially if he wins. And I think you could say the same thing for Blades and whoever wins is will have the next uh, shot at the title. Yep. So
1: you've got two guys who are on three fight winning streaks for longer. Excuse me. Um with this much at stake, I feel like there could be anything that goes on. I would think because Palovich has never gotten out of the first round, I could see this fight ending in round one. But as much as I want to pick Palovich because of this long winning streak, I think what Curtis Blades brings to the table could be really challenging for him to control. And so with that note, I'm actually going to pick Curtis Blades to win this fight. And I'm going to say first round TKO ground and
0: pound. First round?
3: (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's brave. I like it.
2: Made some good points. So I'm guessing I would go next. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Lord, you better not steal my pick. (laughs) (laughs) Do you already have your circle down? I
3: did, yeah.
2: Okay, so I can tell if you're cheating or not. Um,
3: No, I'm not. I already had mine. I'll just tell you that I picked Curtis Blades to win. I agree with Ty. I think that both of these guys are incredible strikers. It's it's just that Curtis Blades has has a as a backup another avenue of winning. And, and maybe Sergey has that avenue, but he's never shown it. And he has had multiple opportunities to show it and never did.
2: So would this be plus
3: three or plus four? <laughs> Don't get <laughs> ahead of yourself.
2: <laughs> right? Because I, I think we were on Wells and we were on Bobby Green. So those be plus three.
3: Yeah, it'd be plus three.
2: All right, this will be a this will be a great weekend. I, <laughs> have uh, I did have a spider spotlight piece on him on verdictmma.com, um, kind of going over his uh, his UFC career as of late. Um, you know, he enters this uh, fight on a five fight winning streak, as Ty mentioned. Um, he does have seven wins in his professional career. With a minute 15 or less fight time, which is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, First, 14 first round knockouts. And uh, while, you know, researching him and looking him up and all that, I did learn that he does have a background in Greco Roman wrestling. And I think that's going to come in hand on Saturday, especially if Blades gets his hands on him wrestling wise. So he's going to utilize some of those skills to keep him away. Um, all that being said, it does not get past the first round. <laughs> Curtis Blades is 0-2 against fighters like with the longer reach. Sergey Pavlovich does have a four-inch e- uh, reach advantage. Kimi mm. Pavlovich by a Derek Lewis-type knockout that oh, Curtis Blades got in the first round. And if I can get a bonus point. uh, (laughs) I don't know if you guys want to uh, think about this as a committee. Maybe a bonus point if it's under 60 seconds.
3: A bonus point? There's no bonus points here. I mean, (laughs)
2: under 60 seconds. I mean, that's like plus 10,000 odds.
3: The the (laughs) only bonus points is for things like. Ty, who jinxed us <laughs> all right, i'll
2: just take the one i'll just take the one i'll just take
3: the one <laughs>
1: all right so that covers ufc vegas 71 um so real briefly there were some fight announcements or like just some housekeeping things to keep a keep in mind for the next couple of fight cards so if you haven't heard um Kano was forced to pull out due to injury, and I think Armin Armin was his opponent, and so he was also removed from the card. And so next weekend we'll actually have Song Yidong versus Ricky Simon, which some people are just like, wait, this could be a boring fight. I'm like, okay, you obviously have not watched a Song Yidong fight, so I will watch some Song Yidong fight before this fight starts, and then let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest
3: of the card though what's that the rest of the card
1: yeah the rest of the card's a little
3: a little shaky yeah a little
1: shaky at best um this next fight announcement I am going to rant a little bit I did rant a little bit on Twitter last night um they announced that the May 20th um card is going to be between the rematch between Raquel Pennington and Irene Aldana I honestly believe that Aldana should have gotten the title shot against Amanda Nunez. You could even make an argument that Raquel Pennington should have gotten the title shot over Juliana Pena. What? But I I didn't say it in the tweets, but Pena pretty much ran her mouth like Colby Cuckington and got herself that tr- trilogy that she honestly doesn't deserve. Wow that, that and there's your hot take right there i don't think juliana pena deserves this title shot i think she should have fought in at least one other one more at least one high up contender at least fight either pennington or aldana and then you can fight nunez nice. or or in this case have aldana or pennington fight nunez and then pena can fight the winner if that's the case but Pena does not deserve an immediate rematch, and I stand by that statement. But unfortunately, that fight's going to happen at UFC 289, which I feel bad for our Canadian friends that have to watch another Nunez beat down.
2: Wow, Ty. I mean, what a great job of promoting that fight. In <laughs> Jeez. I know. Terrible.
3: I agree. I don't, I don't... I'm not much in the way... I'm the trilogies, eh. at some point, they're kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Give me something new.
2: With all due respect, Charles Oliveira is the main event for Canada.
0: That's true. Yep.
2: Charles Oliveira, but Neil is
1: the. I think we. um Oh yeah, because that was announced actually after we we're off the podcast. That Oliveira versus Dariusha is off for 288, but apparently is being moved to 289. So this will be helpful in many yeah. ways. At least it'll make at least the co-main will be very interesting as opposed to the main event. Um. I had something else I was gonna say. Um. I know we would been. I think I might have mentioned it that Aldana was supposed to fight. Well. It was rumored that she was going to fight Nunez at 285 because there's going to be three title fights on that card, but just things never came through. And apparently, apparently, that's I think what got Pena really upset, like that she deserves the next shot. I'm like you got beat for five rounds, very convincingly. I think the only reason we, can, the only way this trilogy is probably going to end is that Nunez is just, just going to finish you off sooner. So,
2: I don't know. Uh, with some more fight announcements, uh, I can uh, add mm-hmm. that uh, UFC 288 in Jersey, uh, they're currently trying to look for a co-main event. Mm-hmm. Um, fans can see from Twitter that uh, Bilal is, uh, can't make weight according to Gilbert Burns. And uh, which is odd because he's on a he's doing Ramadan, so he's currently fasting. Mm-hmm. So but I I don't know much about that, but that's a whole other story. Um they're still trying to add to that card. Um, John Jones versus Steve in that international fight week that's long Long, long pass. Mm-hmm. Um, they should announce Vulcan Yair is the the main event for that. Um, the Leon Edwards uh, situation is kind of funny. Um, They're supposed to do two pay per views in July. Now it's just looking like it's one, and uh, Leon's probably going to be on that Abu Dhabi card with Islam. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird did realize how i think it was earlier islam was asking for the welterweight title shot but that looks like it's not going to happen so i don't want people to think oh since they're both going to be on the card they're going to be fighting each other that's not going to happen um so yeah i just expect you know some more fight announcements ufc jacksonville should be getting a lot of fights announced like within the next week or two weeks Mm-hmm. Um, so we can expect that. and uh, Alexa Grosso might be fighting soon or have a fight announcement soon. Do we know where? So I'm kind of I kind of want to know this don't don't know where, okay, but she has been in contact with the with the
0: brass, okay. oh jeez. I'm assuming it's going to be the rematch,
2: right? It's leaning towards the rematch, yeah. I mean,
1: I, I, it's understandable.
2: But I mean, again, not only do, do things happen, but mm-hmm. you never know. Chef Chango can be training right now. She suffers an injury. Right. I'm not saying that happened, but it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. It oh, yeah. just happened with Oliveira. And, you know, I told you guys off air that, you know, he suffered an injury. A week ago, he's going to Palau, and then we all heard the news. So things can change, but mm-hmm. as of right now, it looks like it's Valentina. Yep. All right. Um. Even though it should be Blanchfield. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's understandable. Like have maybe have Blanchfield weigh in as a replacement just in case. A hundred percent. Yeah. Either that. Well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She would have to be. Yeah, because Farrow... Fro's not re- I don't think Froze gonna be ready. Um, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of movement, movement in that women's flyweight division. So it should be interesting later on down the road how things shape up.
2: If it um, were, if it were me, not mm-hmm. saying anything. If it were me, it would be international fight week. I would have the three Mexican champions fighting three title fights.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's why they all can align because let's say. It's a very, very long possibility, but let's just say Yair wins, shocks the world. Alexa retains her belt, and uh, Brandon Moreno retains his belt. You still have the three Mexican champions. Dana has admittedly said that he's screwed up with not having those champs on a Mexican card in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But all their timelines will align with a, a fight there so it's true only oh, it makes sense yep
0: um
2: that's all I got
1: okay all right so we got one little thing um that just popped up not to I guess it did pop up today um apparently speaking of Alexander Volkanovsky he is not quote-unquote happy with Max Holloway that he is beating his contenders. Um, we did brief a little bit on how, with Holloway beating Arnold Allen, that's another contender for the featherweight belts that won't be able to fight because he's coming off a loss. So I'm gonna open up the I'm gonna open it up here. Um, what are our thoughts on Max's dominance against other featherweight fighters? And is Max beating these contenders really gonna are we gonna start seeing a significant stall
2: in the featherweight in the men's featherweight division i'll just keep it short and sweet i think since the ufc's catching on to it i think eventually max does get his fourth shot against Volk, especially after what we saw with izzy and Pereira. you know it was izzy's fourth time you know fighting i mean he finally won so mm-hmm. i do think they fight again if they don't i do think the next contender in line won't face Max. He would just leap to Volk. Volk beats said contender, then contender off a of losing, one fight losing streak would fight Max. I think that's the appropriate way instead of going to Max, then to Volk. I mean, mm. that it looks like it's never going to happen. It, it looks like it will never reach to the point that will go to Volk. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: There's two champions in featherweight, so... <laughs>
0: Hey, Laurel, you're muted.
3: Ah. I've been coughing, so I had to mute myself.
2: That should be another
3: plus one. <laughs> <laughs> I I tend to agree with uh, a Jordan. In in order to prevent the the division from kind of stalling out, they should the next guy should fight Bulk and then go back down to Max. And if he can beat those two, then 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 that's Graham that's that's game he, he, whoever it is won't beat both of those guys but I mean it's there's if if you look at if you look at the rankings right now I think the division's stalling out either way you do it mm-hmm. um, just because there's been no guys coming up through that division that are that are great, mm-hmm. so it is what it is in a way. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, but
1: <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I think because um, I noticed it when they made the interim featherweight title between Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. Emmett was like on this long streak, so yeah, I think he deserved to fight for the, at least some form of the title, whereas Yair had just, re, he had recently lost to um, Max Holloway, which was like, oh, that's not going to be good, because I'm actually, I'm going to look real quick and see
0: who, sorry, oh, it's actually not on here, um, I'm trying to remember who, Year won a
1: fight before this interim title shot, right? Or was did he, was it the loss to oh yeah, he because he beat um Brian Ortega. Never mind. Now 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 it's all in order. So yeah, he beat Brian Ortega, but he was only on a one fight win streak. He'd already lost to Holloway. But I think at that point, Holloway had lost the trilogy. And so it's like you can't really put Holloway versus Emmett because Holloway won to be coming off a loss. Um but it kind of, it's weird how it kind of worked out because Yair was able to get that number two, I mean, get that interim title shot. So there are ways around the whole Max Holloway dominance. Um, as far as him and Volk fighting,
3: I mean... He's not going to beat Volk. He, <laughs> Oh, uh, Hallway's not going to be Volk? No, Year isn't going to be Volk. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm. I mean, crazier things have happened, so I'm not going to... I'm
2: not uh, going to... believe in miracles. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, the way it looks right now, at least on paper, Volk definitely has the edge in every... Well, not in every category, but almost there. But, like we saw with Alexa Grasso, like we saw with, um, I mean, there have been a few fighters. The Grasso one's the most fresh, the freshest one that's in my mind, um, beating a dominant champion. Um, even though Volk has really only defended the belt four times and two of them were against Holloway. Yeah. yeah beat Holloway twice, Ortega, and Korean Zombie. Yeah. Wow. He's only defended it four times. That's yep. crazy. Um, but of course he tried to go for double gold, but didn't work out that well. Um, so I think the UFC has ways of getting around things like that. Um, actually, one good example you could, um, you can kind of take from is uh when Valentina was so dominant in her division, Caitlyn Jugagian was the number one contender, and she was turning away all these um, prospects, all these contenders for the belt. Yet they still found a way, even though Jugagian only fought for the title once, to have her have them skip past Jugagian and fight Valentina Shevchenko. Although I think Jessica Andraj is the only one who actually beat chukagian and got the immediate title shot right out right off of that. So it shows that Caitlin at one point was not so not comparing her with Max Holloway, but kind of like the Max Holloway of the women's flyweight division that we're seeing right now. So they have ways around it. Yeah. So it'll just be interesting to see what they do after the um Year versus Volk fight, depending on who wins
2: that one. Just a little quick note. What I, I mean, I think I mentioned it earlier. I think after that fight, Topuria, if he gets the win in Jacksonville, I think he's next. Okay. And it
1: faces facing Josh Emmett. Yeah, I think he's what top five right now. So makes sense.
2: I would not make Topuria versus Max Holloway. Mm-hmm. I would not do that. Just give him Volk. Right. He's too he, he's too young and talented and skilled that you can't have him fight Max just for Max to show his experience and all that and mess up that. Right. I think it would be a better timeline if he fights Volk. I think he's a better matchup for Volk than any other featherweight. Mm-hmm. Um, if he does win, then you could do Max, and then. The featherweight is afloat again, so we'll there see. We shall see.
1: Um, with that being said, any any other news we need to talk about? Anything else? He, he's already Jordan's already trying to count up his points.
2: Well, no, uh, points are three.
1: Oh, I thought you were, I thought I saw three for a moment.
2: That's why I was like, hmm. I'm just getting three points versus <laughs> Laurel, and I think two against you, <laughs> Yes. That'd be a great weekend.
3: (laughs) I hope you win. (laughs) No,
0: I don't. I can't say the same.
3: (laughs) Anyways,
1: um not anyways. (laughs) No, I'm I'm
2: trying to I'm trying to close out the podcast. Well, before you close it out, I would say I think I'm the big the biggest winner out of this episode because Ty brought up the Kansas City Chiefs. And Laurel decided to talk when she was muted. So
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that makes me the winner. So I think we should title this episode Max Holloway and Jordan win.
3: Win. <laughs>
1: Jordan dom- Jordan dominates this episode.
3: If that's um, the way if that's the way you need to get a win, man, just <laughs> I mean that's
2: plus four if we're talking about it, because technically won this episode. So <laughs> like
3: Oh, shoot.
1: All right. If you know what, just close it right now. You can reach
3: Laurel at Rain Basin.
1: You can reach Jordan at
2: J22 Lopez with two Zs.
1: And you can reach me, Ty, at TyFlyGuy15. I don't really have a whole in closing done because I still need to work on it because we are not accepting any more questions. But you can reach us if you have any guest requests or. You just want to talk UFC. If you want to join our FKTC group page, reach out to us and we will gladly add you on there. But in the meantime, protect your faces from Laurel's kicks. Protect your necks from my throat cuddles. Watch out for Jordan's lying knees. And what is the number one golden rule?
3: Never leave the decision in the hands of the judges.
1: And we will see you all next week for UFC Vegas 72. Another Apex card. Boo. Boo, boo. Apex boo. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be Ricky. I'm sorry. Song Yudong versus Ricky Simon as the main event.
3: Booyah.
2: Plus three. Plus <laughs> three. <Sorry.
3: laughs> he's flashing. He's flashing six for the. For the viewers at home
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he's thinking if he wins his three he should double it and make it six that way it's all tied up
3: oh oh okay
1: <laughs> but we'll see but we will catch you all next week bye